Welcome to In the Know with WTO, the podcast all about West Texas opportunities and nonprofits. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and thank you for joining us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. Please subscribe so you can be notified anytime we have a new episode. We're going to be found on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash WTO. And inside Anchor, you can record a message for us or email us at podcast at gowto.org with any comments or suggestions. You can also go to our website and on the left-hand side, click on In the Know with WTO, the podcast. And you can see a list of all previous episodes and a list of all future episodes coming up. Finally, follow us on social media by searching for West Texas Opportunities. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On today's episode, I have Paula Vela with me. Paula is a operations manager for our transportation program. Thanks for coming in today, Paula. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Brian. Yes, yes. We Let me turn this music off. We are happy to have you here. I know you've been with us for several years. And um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, I grew up here in La Mesa. Uh, my dad was a farmer around the area. My mom was a school bus driver for Klondike ISD for some time. Uh, I graduated from Klondike in 2003. Um, I live here now with my husband and my kids, and my kids uh, go to school here in La Mesa. Great. And what led you to work for us? Actually, that I would have to give uh, a big thank you to Rebecca Gonzalez, um, I was kind of in between, I wouldn't say in between jobs, but I was just taking a break from working. Um, she just said we were hiring. I actually started out as a receptionist. Um, but funny story is I didn't initially get the job. I was the second option. Um, so when Karen called me for the second time to come in to offer me the job, I, I said, sure, yeah, I'll take it. And here I am. That's a funny story. Cause that the exact same thing happened to me. I was the second choice for the job and here we are. So right? <laughs> I guess it's good to be second choice sometimes. So, um, as an operations manager, uh, I know previously you're a receptionist up front and then you transitioned to a different position probably four or five years ago. Yes. Something like that. Uh-huh. When you did, um, what what do you do now? Like, can you describe for our listeners what your typical day looks like? I know there's never a typical day dealing with, with drivers and right. everything that's going on. But if you can just give us kind of a summary of maybe what you do. So I have big shoes to fill. Uh, when the position came open, I was kind of hesitant to take the to put in my application uh, because I knew Diane was a great supervisor and a great um operations manager and so it was like kind of you know pushing myself to get out of my comfort zone and so what I a typical day in my shoes is um, checking my emails randomly uh, being in contact with drivers daily uh, from any area that that we have transportation in it could be a driver from Monahans it could be a driver here uh, in La Mesa it could be a driver from uh, Big Spring uh, we just keep in contact either not necessarily my department is the vehicles, but mine is more the clients, uh, client safety, uh, if clients need an attendant, if the drivers uh, come in contact with um, daily things that they might need for their office or for their vehicle. Um, also, um, I mean, my phone is always ringing. Um, I'm always busy. Sometimes I'm on both phones, my cell phone and my office phone at the same time. Um 
also, I work with dispatch. Uh, we have a dispatch center, well, call center, and um, I work very close with Elena Aguayo. She is the lead dispatcher, a supervisor, and we coordinate with each other. If a client cancels their transportation, where can we utilize this driver? Um, so it's a daily day communication with everybody, with drivers, with dispatch, even with Diane and, and Rudy, who assist with the fleet. Wow, sounds really, really busy. <laughs> but um, I know you and Diane work really close together. Um, Diane was on a previous episode, um, and she kind of described her job with being an operations manager slash fleet manager. And being such a large service area that we cover, it's like 20, 22 counties or something yes. like that. Um, you take some of the counties and Diane takes the other, right? Yes. That's why both of yes. you are operations I, managers. Yes. I uh, supervise uh, Seminole, uh, which is Gaines County, um, Stanton, which is Martin County, um, Big Spring, which is Howard County, and then, of course, Lamisa, which is Dawson County. And being a supervisor for a driver, I know they're they're very busy and they're very important in our organization they're the first first face that our clients yes. see. What is it like for a driver to come in brand new? And I know you've hired several drivers throughout mm -hmm. the years. What would you say for a driver, for somebody that wanted to be a driver, what would you recommend or what would you tell them that their job looks like? And just, just in case we have any listeners that maybe they're thinking, you know what, I would like to drive those tracks buses. So... First of all, I'll give, you know, a round of applause to our drivers that we have, especially now during this pandemic. I mean, it, it's very scary at times for those drivers to be out there. And drivers are the front line. They are very essential. They are the face of WTO, I feel, because they actually interact. You know, I know our Head Start program interacts with our children, but our drivers interact with our clients. And without our clients, we wouldn't be where we are today. I wouldn't have a job. Drivers wouldn't have a job. Dispatch wouldn't have a job. Um, so I really think that if you're very passionate about helping your community, if you feel like you can give something back to your community, um, you, I mean, being a people person, I mean, it. this is a great job to have as a driver. And then uh, there's also great benefits. Um I can say for myself, you know, I'm a pretty good supervisor. I'll work with you. Um, it's just if it's driving, but of course you're also helping uh, the client um, in and out of the vehicle. Maybe these clients don't see anyone else and you as the driver can be their listening ear. Um, it It's just something to give back to the community. That's a good point. And another thing I know drivers – don't work the typical eight to five schedule. Right. So that's probably another thing that some of our dialysis, dialysis appointments are very early in the morning. Right. So uh, as a driver, you'd probably have to be flexible on your hours. Your, possibly. your hours. Yes. You're there's different. I say there's different shifts. There's different um, times. People have to be there for their appointments. We have early appointments um, because we do service uh, Medicaid transportation uh, those appointments can be as early as 4.30 in the morning, um, and they, they can be as late as 9 p.m. in the evening. Um, I always say you never spend the night anywhere. You're always coming home. Um, but no, you don't work, you know, 12 hours. You usually work your eight hours. Um, then 
that could be you could have local transportation like in Big Spring. You could just be the local driver that day. Uh, we do take clients to dialysis every other day, so that's another shift. And then um, there are late shifts, which meaning you can come in later, say like eleven or maybe even lunchtime, and work you know till seven. Um, I I don't work you. I don't overwork you. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. So, well, that's very good information for somebody that might be thinking about being a driver. Mm -hmm. I know we always have positions open pretty much all over our service area. Um, Drivers, like I said, are the face of West Texas Opportunities. Mm -hmm. They help the clients that maybe need that extra help, such as wheelchairs. Um, Maybe it's not everybody that's on a wheelchair. It's it's public transportation, so it might be somebody just needing to go to the grocery store. Um, and that kind of aligns with how, how our agency operates because we're trying to help them. If they don't have a vehicle, we're trying to ease the limitations for them to be able to get to wherever right. they need to. But at the same time, it's only during certain hours in certain cities and yes. a lot to keep in mind. But this information isn't on our website. So I know our website has some detailed information about about trips. So if anybody has any questions they can either check our website or reach out to probably a dispatcher yes, and they um, can answer any questions. I have our, our number here to reach our call okay. center. Um, it is 1-800-245-9028. So if you need transportation of any kind, you can always call in and, and we'll have a dispatcher ready to assist you. Yep, we have six happy dispatchers that will probably answer the phone and help you out. So right. um, let, let's kind of move along a little bit and... Uh, you've worked with us how many years? Seven, eight years? Uh, I'm going to say seven. Okay. I think I was a receptionist for about maybe a year and a half. Okay. And before you started, and I know you've worked with us for seven seven years or so, what's something you wish you would have known before you started working for us? Some Maybe something positive that you learned later down the road that you're like, man, I wish I would have knew that before. <laughs> well, I can... A short little story. Um, after graduation, I we did move to Midland. So, listening to your first podcast or, or your second episode, um, the CCMS program, I can relate to that because I was a young mother working, and I did apply for CCMS, and they did help me um, with the assistance of getting my kids into daycare, and so. I, I was listening to that, and I was like, oh, I mean, I applied for that. And, yeah, and I mean, I had no clue that CCMS and WTO were, you know, it was we're a the program. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's cool. it's beneficial because child care is very expensive, mm-hmm. yeah. especially if you have, if you have yes. multiple kids. Oh, I it, know. It can get very pricey. <laughs> but, yes, we operated that program for many years. I think uh, we no longer had it maybe five years ago. So it's still around. I I brought this up in the previous episode about how CCMS operates. Uh, The way, the way some of our grants work is that they're competitive where we're, they're awarded to different companies based on, on like prices and scoring and all kinds of stuff. So unfortunately another company outbid us. So that's why we no longer operate that program. So, but it's still out there. I think the workforce commission is the one that operates that program now in in our service area. But if you have any questions, always look up online, search for childcare management services, and you'll find who the local provider is. And like you said, it's a great program. And it's funny that 
you didn't never even realize it right. was it was a company that you would eventually eventually work for. Right. It, yes, exactly. And like I mentioned before with Medicaid transportation, I can also tell you being a young mother with young children, I was also given the information for Medicaid transportation, which I had no clue that had I called for that Medicaid transportation, that it would possibly be a tracks driver. You know, I mean, I had, I had no clue. I wish I would have known that before. <laughs> And it makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And the thing about our drivers, they know exactly where to go, where all the doctor's offices yes. are, where to park, where mm-hmm. where to drop to people eat. off, good places <laughs> to eat. So that that's another advantage. <laughs> and what advice? Uh, I know you have some experience working for us and maybe some other other places. But let's say somebody came up to you and they they were just graduating high school and they said. Paula, I don't know what to do with my life. What what would you what suggestions would you give them about about entering the workforce? Not so much telling them go work at this place, but oh, like what mm-hmm. advice would you give somebody just entering the workforce? Um my kids, my kids are teenagers. So they're almost going to graduate. So I mean, this is like if I was talking to them. The sky's the limit. I mean, you can go be out there, be anything that you want to do, be yourself. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Um, When I first started, I mean, I went, I graduated high school. I had these plans. I went to dental assisting school. I'm a certified dental assistant, but that's not what I'm, what I'm doing. What I felt that I could help my community is, applying for this job position, which I had no clue that I could feel this way about helping others. Um, I just think if you're passionate about something and you really want to, you know, focus on that, you know, that that's great. I mean, the sky's the limit. Just because you sign up for school for four years doesn't mean that you have to, you know, pursue that career. It, it can open the door for anything. Just like Just like I said, I mean, I went to school for something else. And that's not what I'm basically doing right now. I'm that's not, true. I'm not cleaning anyone's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but I am helping our community. The calls that I get from some clients saying, you know, that they really need to go to the doctor's office. They really need to make this appointment. You know, I will try my best to get them that ride. And so if you feel passionate about something, I mean, you should go for it. Like I, like I said, I mean, you you can do anything. You can do anything. The possibilities are out there. I mean, you. You can do anything. It's good advice. Just put in the work is basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do, just put in the work and don't expect everything to be handed exactly. to you. So that's the really good advice. And I know you've met a lot of people on the way, um, some really good people, some maybe not so good people, <laughs> but who has been really influential in your in your life? Um. Well, I can say I've had – in my previous employment, um, I used to be a loan officer. I used to even uh, be a shift leader at a Seven Eleven, and my supervisors. I've been blessed with great supervisors. Um, when Diane, you know, was training me in this position, I I was kind of overwhelmed, but she, you know, she actually was. She helped me and made me understand the job more. And I would I would say. Um, Karen, 
I mean, she's always there. She's always there for me anytime I have a question. And I always think to myself, if something comes up, like, you know, what would Karen do? Or what would, you know, what would Jenny say in this situation? Or how should I go about this? Oh, I wonder what Karen, you know, what she would say. And then I I make the decision. And so far, so good. I mean, I've been making good decisions. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. And kind of spinning that same question has there been any resources that kind of have helped you along the way to kind of learn things better or um, just make things easier on yourself? Um, when I first came along, so we have two training annual training classes for drivers. So when I first came along, I was kind of intimidated as to, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be standing up there publicly speaking in front of everyone. And I kind of I did my research um, you know, when you can hear people whispering about you, asking questions like, oh, my gosh, she's so young, or where did she come from, or does she know what she's doing? I, you know, I just turned around and I just told them, you know, everything about me. That's a really good point, because even even myself, before I started this position and the previous podcast, I brought this up, but I was a, a corporate trainer where I was in charge of training 25 or 30 people at once. And when you first become in that role where you're having to Mm -hmm. train people, it's overwhelming. I I remember my supervisor that hired me. She made me stand in front of a class and say, welcome class. Welcome class. I probably did that like 50 times. And she's like, that wasn't loud enough. And now I'm to the point where I can just basically get in front of a class and start screaming pretty much. And I'm used to it, but that type of environment plus and I know you deal with the same thing. There's different learning learning uh, styles where you may have a driver that is younger mm-hmm. that will grasp whatever you're teaching immediately. And then you may have somebody else that may take a little bit more time yes. where you have to explain stuff in two or three different ways and have visual learning and different handouts and take home so they can read it. Right. So I think that's a very good point where – when you're when you're doing something new like that, you just have to go all in because yes. otherwise you feel like maybe you failed. But and like you said, you can hear people whispering, asking, asking you questions. You get that all the time in training and you see yeah. that you do yes. those annual trainings and you have new drivers that you have that you've trained, new hires you've hired or new drivers that have been hired. So, yeah, that's a very good point to just kind of. Find a way to to be able to to communicate things with people, with, and I, yes. I think it's a very good point with, with everybody. And it helps that I have patience. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that yes, yes, even me and, that and, that helps. Every and you're day. right, you know, because there's a, like my personal experience. My daughter has a slight disability, and so she learns things, you know, at a different pace than my other kids. And so it's like I can relate to that when it comes to. We integrated tablets this past year or so, and so it's like not everybody is tech savvy. So I'll take the time and have patience with everyone on learning the tablet. So far, so good. And when a new driver comes along, well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go as slow as you know you need to go, or as fast as you can get all this information. Yeah, and it just takes time and mm-hmm. putting yourself on their level, and it, it it comes in handy having experience trying to find different ways to communicate that. So very good point. And 
couple more questions. The, the next one is our mission statement. I always try to incorporate our mission statement with everybody's position because we all do different things in the organization. I do different things. Your job is a little different than mine, and our Head Start teachers are a little bit different. Right. But we all are basically trying to meet the same mission. And if you don't know, our mission is to ease the limitations of poverty by investing in families to improve their quality of life. And every every employee does this in a, in a in a different way, but we all end up at the same goal. For example, my position, I make sure that everybody has the tools, resources, equipment, everything to do their job. Otherwise, they couldn't do their job. Mm-hmm. And with you as a as a operations manager working directly with our drivers and our dispatchers, how do you feel like your position uh, aligns with our mission statement? First, it would be, well, making sure that we have enough drivers to provide that transportation. Second of all, communicating with the dispatchers. This is, you know, this client needs to go to the doctor um, at this time in this town, and I think we have a driver that's available for that. Um, If a client ever needs assistance, and I've done this before, uh, called a reduced rate when they really need to get to the doctor, they'll speak to me over the phone, myself or Karen or Diane. And um, we basically go through like an intake application. And, you know, if you're qualified for the assistance, then we will provide your transportation at a reduced rate. There's people that are so worried about paying their fare. They're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have the money to go, but I really need to get to the doctor. I More than like, I mean, I'm always, you know, willing to help and that and I think of our mission statement even it's like they're trying to get to the doctor in Lubbock and they don't have the means for it well it's fine we're going to cover the cost we'll we'll cover we will cover their cost to uh, get them to the doctor Um, also I think you know like I said before our clients if it wasn't for our clients we wouldn't have a job if our clients didn't need the assistance to get from a Big Spring to Lubbock or uh, McKamey to Odessa, I mean, none of us would have a job. Um, I, I think our mission statement most definitely works for the transportation department do, because of that. Um, like I said, it's a service for the community. It's a really good example. And I know our goal is to ease the limitations of poverty. So if the limitations of them going to the doctors because of the, the, the amount to pay, I think we do as much as we can. We have so many programs that work together to to eliminate those barriers to hopefully get them better where yeah. if they're capable, maybe uh, find a job to transition out of poverty or if they're elderly, at least we're able to, to help that, that, that family. And it's very rewarding. It's a rewarding company to work for because you work firsthand with all these clients and you're able to see how this impact helps them, especially the, the clients that need to go to dialysis every single day, and if they don't have a car, or not every day, but a couple of times a, a week, and if they don't have the car to get there, it causes problems, especially if they may not they may not have family available to drive right. them because after their dialysis appointment, they, they're they not up to driving. So I think, yes. I think our programs are very beneficial, and um, that, that's the whole purpose of this podcast, again, is to – to make everybody aware of what we do, and we're not the only ones to operate programs like this. There's other other nonprofits in Texas that have similar programs that, w- that what we have, 
and hopefully it, it lets you see how these programs operate and how these grants and all this actually comes to play where it's not just just a, a tax that we're paying for no reason. The money is actually being used for really good reasons and really good purposes. So, um, but great example for that. And is there any stories that you can think of of the transportation department that that maybe the average person from Head Start or from um, another program don't really understand? Is there any stories you can think of that that the transportation program has impacted uh, the community or the the clients in any way? So one of the stories that I can think of is. Uh, we have worked closely with uh, the Head Start program. We did have a mother who rode uh, tracks. Uh, tracks. We had an opening in our schedule, so um, our dispatcher set up her transportation every day, Monday through Friday, um, to pick up the, the mother and her children and transport them to uh, the local Head Start uh, here in La Mesa. Uh, we did that for... I don't uh, for about six months um, until that child transitioned into public school. Um, but that's something that we work with with uh, with Head Start. Um, anytime, like I said, anytime that there's a need for the community, we try our best to have drivers available and a, an open schedule availability for you know to help you know other programs. Um, also, um, I, which I. You know, I ramble, but uh, picking up that mother and the child in the morning and dropping them off at at Head Start, and then we would transport the mother back home, and then the same thing in the afternoon. So, like I said, we did that transportation for I want to say roughly about six months. It's nice to see how the programs work together for these type of reasons. Mm-hmm. So, really yes. good story. Um, well, I want to thank you for coming in. It, it we learned a lot about you and a lot about our transportation it's program. <laughs> it's fun too. I know it's a little bit outside. Outside everybody's comfort zone to get in front of a microphone and start recording, but you did a great job, and I'm glad you came in. And um, thank you again for coming in. Thank you, Brian. And until next time, um, thank you for listening. Uh, Just a reminder, we have new podcasts every Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, We have a new one every single week with a different program, different person, different stories, and we're hoping that you like these stories. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, uh, please send us an email at podcast.gowto.org or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash WTO and you can record a message for us similar to a voicemail and we can play that on a future episode. So I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you.